Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you tell us, oh, no, the show where you force us to sit through the worst entertainment and say, well, you gotta love it. It's kind of getting to that point, though. Like, you could just tell us and we'll just be like, yeah, all right. And then we'll watch it and be like, eh. <laughs> yeah, it's... It this is like one of those movies, I think. It's interesting. Oh, I got some comments for this movie for sure. But today's episode is a special one because it uh, we kind of broke in with it earlier. We were going to I was going to do something like this later, but I couldn't I couldn't hold back in timing being what it is. Uh, this is a little bit of an easier one to record. So the you got to love it for the week is a Chris O'Donnell vehicle called Vertical Limit. You didn't introduce us yet. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. It's been so... I feel like it's been so long since it I've does, done this. Yeah, why does it feel that way? We I guess did, we, did, we did one with the Nimit last weekend. Yeah, I know. But I think there's just been so much shit going on since then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You're telling me. You know what? Yeah, let's, let's rewind for a second. My name is Koji. I am a part-time... Um, I'm trying to figure out how to say... Uh, we'll say part-time virtual avatar... And um, I don't know, full-time excited for the new Mistborn series to become a movie. I don't know if you saw that. No. But uh, we'll get into that in a second. And with me, as always, is my good friend and boulderer. (laughs) I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like climbing. That's relevant. I thought you were going to do something moving. Well, it's something to do with moving, but that makes more sense given the theme of this episode. Yeah. Andrew Patterson, everybody. So before we get into the episode, we just talked about all the shit that we had going on in our lives. Uh, yeah. You guys probably guessed by all this that Andrew has just moved houses or mm-hmm. apart- apartments into a house, I yeah, suppose. From a condo to a house. And it is tuckering him out. <clears throat> I'm wiped. I'm barely present. That's good, though. Get, get, get my shit together. Record an episode, you know? Yeah. And he's a glutton with space now that can't be used. <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's> d- anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, myself, I am, I've been lost in a virtual world uh, whenever possible because I just got a ridiculous gaming PC with a Oculus setup. Shout out Sasha for hooking me up with that Oculus. Fucking sweet. Yeah. Uh, it kind of ties into this episode. But before we get there, like I said... The You Gotta Love It for the Week is a Chris O'Donnell, ve- Chris O'Donnell vehicle by the name of, not Batman and Robin, Vertical Limit. What else? Hmm? I literally only remember him from Batman and Robin. When I saw him in this movie, I was like, fucking, where do I recognize that guy from? It took me like a good 15 minutes before I was like, oh, yeah. Well, he, he's in uh, NCIS Los Angeles uh, or was if that show's still on and he that's more recently anyway and previously i mean he was in a ton of shit at one point he was like the you know modern day love interest pretty boy right whatever but then batman was like year 2000 batman and robin broke him broke his career just derailed his career yeah because i was just looking this up actually alicia silverstone what about her he was uh he was supposed to they thought it was going to be really successful and they were going to do a spin-off Robin movie starring him. And then it wasn't a very good movie though. 
No, well, I don't know if that's his fault, though. No, I didn't say it was his fault. I just, a general, as a general statement, I, you know what, like, I, I mean, why would I? But I haven't watched any, I haven't watched any, I haven't watched Batman Forever or Batman and Robin in, I can't even remember, probably like around when they came out on video. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, Batman and Robin was not very good. I think he was, was he also in Batman Forever? Didn't they introduce him in Batman Forever? But anyway, Batman and Robin is also one of the f- more funny ones, though, because he, uh, you know, is Arnold. And he has all those great one-liners. Thurman I just put this party Ivy. on ice. Yeah. And, like, freeze. All this great it's stuff. It's kind of a weird... I mean, I guess at the time, maybe not weird. Or I don't know. I don't even know anymore. But like when I think of Uma Thurman mm-hmm. as Poison Ivy, it's just so strange in my head. Yeah. Now, in retrospect, you know? So what's crazy about Chris O'Donnell is he was in Scent of a Woman. Mm-hmm. He was in School Ties, The Three Musketeers. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, oh, what's that movie? Oh, The Bachelor, which is like when he started doing those rom-coms. I don't even know if it's a rom-com, but uh, he was in Max Payne, Kinsey. Anyway, so he's been in some shit. You he know? was in Max Payne? Yeah. I remember people being really, like that movie getting hyped up because like video game movies hadn't really like, you know, like mm-hmm. the, I just remember reading articles where it's like, is will this be the first like good video game movie, you know? Cause, Have like, they made a good one yet? What, you don't like Mario Brothers? Oh, I love Mario Brothers, but for all the wrong reasons. Mm. Uh, let me think for a second about that. There's got, I mean, there's got to be, though. I guess maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, did you like Warcraft? <laughs> <laughs> no, Warcraft was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, though. We've been through sure, this. Yeah, we, yeah. we talked about well, it. I agree with you there, but it doesn't mean that it was a good video game. Fair really. enough, yeah. Um. Anyhow, let's maybe Assassin's Creed. Hmm. Maybe Assassin's Creed. I mean, I like Michael Fassbender. I don't know how good the movie will be, but did you like Prince of Persia, starring Jake Gyllenhaal? I didn't hate it. Or Street Fighter, starring um, Jean Claude Van Damme. Or Mortal Kombat. There's lots of great ones that are Tomb just Raider? like fun. Mm, Angelina Tomb Jolie. Raider Two. Tomb Raider. Yeah. I, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, you know, Prince, Prince of Persia, I don't, I mean, maybe I should go back and watch. I don't remember it being terrible, though. Wasn't that like a Bruckheimer thing or something? Wasn't that like a big. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was a huge summer. Like Gore Verbinski or something. <laughs> you know what movie I actually did like, uh, strangely? Although I, I get, I think a lot of people like those Resident Evil movies because they keep making them. No, they're not. There's a new one coming yeah, out. Yeah, I know. I, you know, you're right. I just mean like they're, but they're not, I don't know. They're not good. Street Fighter. The Legend of Chun-Li, I liked. Did you like the first Silent Hill movie? It was okay. Hmm, okay. It was okay. It was a lukewarm reaction. Anyway, okay, well, let's move. Let's get back to the topic. We really went on a tangent here. Well, we're talking about video games. Oh, The Wizard is a great, but it's not based on a video game. Anyway. Um, we're War ta- games. We're talking about video games because the hidden gem here is actually a video game by the name of The Climb. It also happens to be an Oculus Rift game. And it kind of ties into the whole bouldering thing because I know that Andrew likes to climb 
And so I thought this would be the perfect game for him to mess around with on the Oculus. That's pretty great. So let's start there. Uh, the climb for Oculus Rift. What were your first impressions? Uh, it was also my first time just using an Oculus Rift. Uh, and this being like maybe a month after I used like, or maybe like a month and a half after I used PlayStation VR for the first time. I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous episode, but like I'm, if you haven't tried one of these things and maybe, you know what, maybe I'm just like old. Maybe this is like not like the, Oh, I'm so old, but like literally this is like, just like a, uh, a benchmark for like, okay, now you're Tech, now you're catching up to technology instead of being on the cutting edge. But right. this shit blew my mind. Like I, I remember the first time when I was like a little kid that I played any video game, you know, like original Nintendo. I was like, this is fucking incredible. Then Sega Genesis blew my mind. Then Nintendo 64, you know, Goldeneye, like that stuff, Super Mario 64, like you stay up all night, pull all nighters with your friends. It's blowing your mind. And then like probably around original PlayStation was where, my mind stopped being blown. I was still impressed by graphics, but like it wasn't, yeah. I had become accustomed to video games and it's been, you know, like a, over a decade. Well, well, like two decades. I think I think it's because the leap from <clears throat> say 8-bit to 16-bit, it was pretty astronomical, yeah, all things double. considered, yeah. right? And then, you know, we'll look at things like the leap to 64, mm-hmm. where, I mean... The graphics are whatever the graphics are, but it's full 3D, right? Mm-hmm. Like playing Mario right. with a with a full 3D. But there was like there was like that uh, hockey game for Super Nintendo that was like 3D. Yeah, but it's not the same. No, but I'm just saying like it was like you know. But I mean like weird full 3D sprites. Of course, there was like people are gonna like yell at me because Quake for the PC had sure. full 3D, PC game, but yeah. like. This was a different different thing entirely, you know, because yeah. Mario had always been a side-scrolling 2D thing, and then you're mm-hmm. playing this, and you're like, "What the fuck? This is crazy!" Yeah, right. And then, then it kind of stagnates a little because the graphics get better, but there's not a, a leap in technology. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, we started to focus so much more on graphics. Yeah, and less on gameplay and like how how you interact with the object. Nintendo kept doing it, but it was mostly annoying to me. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, so anyway, so this, this, my last couple months has been an experience in just having my face melted off by VR. Well, sorry. I liken this to, uh, and I say this to a lot of people these days is it's kind of like, I think it's like the first time our parents saw color TV or something. Hmm. Right, because it's that far of a leap. You're just like fuck. It's a, to have peripheral vision in a game. Is not like, even just peripheral vision, like full. Like well, you it, can look immersive, below. immersive 3D. But what makes it so impressive? Because I've been reading a lot of articles. I've I become obsessed with VR technology. What makes it so much impre- so impressive and actually can cause nausea and all this stuff is the is the peripheral vision because there's nothing framing your view, hmm. right? And so that's why. I'm, let me just go off on a tangent here for a second. When you're playing games where you're riding a spaceship or a car or something, and you're moving forward while seated or while stationary, you don't feel sick because you have the car or the spaceship framing your view. So you look down and that's stationary. The mm-hmm. sides of the spaceship and the top of the spaceship are stationary. You're still kind of looking at, at screens. But a lot of the earlier 
versions of this game and like mod people have modded Skyrim so that you can play it in full 3D 360 but it makes people sick and it's because you're standing up your character is walking forward as if he was walking but your body's not walking and your brain's like whoa what the fuck especially because your peripheral vision is moving it's the same thing like reading in cars right where like this is stationary but things are oh yeah going by you and you start to feel ill so three things just while we're still on the topic of mind blowingness yeah the thing I already fucking forgot. I was going to make a note while you were talking, so I didn't oh, forget. Shit. Okay, the first thing, just while I remember it, I cannot wait until Hideo Kojima gets his hands on fucking VR technology. Yeah, yeah. Because when I think back to like Metal Gear Solid, like uh, like the Metal Gear games always had, you know, uh, you have to switch the controller port to like fight Psycho Mantis or whatever. You have to like the bosses, like the bosses, like they, they, think outside of the box more yeah, yeah. that in, in games that are inside the box so with fucking vr like a fully immersive that's gonna be nuts so th- having that out of the way watch out for that because that shit's gonna be crazy for sure yeah. market said we said it here first folks so full disclosure while we talk about immersiveness i don't have the hand controllers for the oculus rift because they're not out yet hdc vive does have individual hand controllers so you will very soon, if not now, if you have the vibe, be able to actually track where your hands are in game as well. We've been using an Xbox One controller. But anyway, go on. Um, a second thing was, I think, just an extension of uh, of how my mind has been blown. So I was playing Eve Valkyrie for the PSVR, and like the thing that was crazy to me was, since it's like a space combat game, mm-hmm. that sense of full immersion. This will come back to, what, to Boulder or... Um, the climb yeah but that sense of like full like you know you play a lot of you play rogue squadron or back in the day like tie fighter or any of these sort of like combat space combat sims descent free space was a good one yep all that shit and it's sort of like i remember that even like you know like maybe my dad would be like oh this kind of makes me dizzy because like even if it's on a flat screen you have like objects are not stationary everything is moving because you're in space the feeling of this even if the graphics aren't photorealistic the like sense of full immersion when they launch you from this dock of the spaceship and you can like you're going forward or you want to do like a loop-de-loop and you look up through like the roof of your spaceship like the cockpit and yeah you know like it's just it's like it's really the sensation is really hard to explain you know, and I think because th- like I was definitely skeptical before I tried. I was like, have VR really arrived? Because like, you know, there have been so many iterations in the past that just kind of weren't up to snuff. It's fucking amazing. The third and final thing before we talk about this game is I can't the, the some of the other shit that you were showing me. Just oh, yeah. like just like the lobby, like sort of the game so menus for you. I was just for the listeners out there. I was as well as showing Andrew the climb because this is his first Oculus experience. I also, there was a lot of tech demos and menus and theaters and stuff that we went through. So part of the excitement for me is that I know, you know, based on just the way that technology is constantly changing and evolving and improving, especially with things like video games and, you know, what we were just talking about. Yeah. This is just the beginning. It's like, okay, people have been messing with VR for a long time. But I feel like this is finally, there's so many developers that are putting out units yeah. and like they all have their qualities that it's like, this is like well, well, I the think we'll, new tier, the we'll, bottom tier, we'll just g- the very beginning. We'll get there. Okay. Well, we might as well just talk about it now then, because one of the things I've been telling people 
and as I've been showing them this, they've all had, everyone's had the same reaction. I, the first time someone introduced me to Oculus, I was like, this is <laughs> fucking nuts. Everyone is just losing their shit. But as I delve deeper and deeper into, I've been reading articles, watching keynote addresses and all this stuff about how to build like just film narratives in a 3D universe because mm -hmm. it's a lot harder than you would think. How oh, do yeah. You, you don't have a two-dimensional plane, you know. Right. The how do you make sure that somebody is, thing. is focused on what they, need to be focused. what they need to be focused on for you to tell the story? Or do they need to be focused on that thing? How do you get the story across otherwise? Do right? Movement in VR games. So as like we talked about, you being stationary and your character moving forward is making people sick. You can't really have a system that makes people sick because... It's like the first time you had a drink, right? If you if you dr drank tequila for the first time and puked immediately, you don't want tequila anymore, mm -hmm. right? So, and because this is the beginning, you don't want to make people sick their first experience. They need to kind of figure that out, movement. So how, how do they do that? You know, and I've been delving so deep into this and I've been telling people, look, what I'm showing you that's blowing your mind, we're playing Pong right now. That, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. And yeah. you even like touched on it with the movie thing, like, Sorry, finish your thought. I no, was just like all, all I was gonna say is this is fucking two lions oh, man. hitting a square back and forth. That's like, what we're looking at. It's like, more it's prettier than that, but that's think, what it is. Think about this. This is like the, th the shit that I'm th like so the, even just showing me the movies. You can watch movies in a 3D environment, even if the movie's not 3D, or you can watch 3D movies. Yeah. And whatever. it looks like you're in a movie theater. Yeah. One Imagine like fucking so Hideo as Hideo Kojima is to video games. Imagine like a Tarantino. Imagine Hateful Eight or Reservoir Dogs with this kind of immersion. And I know like he's a very obviously he's a very traditional filmmaker. He's like one of my favorites. But like just picturing like the Hateful Eight, most of that movie takes place in that cabin. Right. And imagine that the experience is you're there and shit is happening. But like the rewatchability of the movie well, comes in that. That's a perfect example of a movie that could exist in a sort of VR sense because it all takes place in this cabin. It would be amazing. And it's all about overhearing certain things. Like, how fucking cool would that be? Because well, the first time you watch it, like, everybody would have... A, well, not everybody, but you. there would be so many different experiences and people would be like, you know, oh, I was, like, over here and then all of a sudden the one guy started, like, puking blood, you know, like, yeah. and like what the fuck happened? Or, like, oh, well, I was over here and I overheard, like, I, kind of, I saw this person... You know, like I, I think the narratives will be sort of like uh, they always talk about these hotels. I, I don't know if they're hotels, whatever buildings in New York where they have the Shakespeare plays going on. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, you get thrust into different scenes. Something no more. And yeah. And there's and it's like going on as you're going from room to room. Yeah. And sometimes you'll like get into an elevator like and you'll be there with like a couple friends. Yeah. And then the elevator will stop on the floor they push and they you. push you out. Yeah. And your friends are still in there. And the elevator just leaves without you. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Like this VR like experience. Sleepless normal. I can't remember. I was just talking yeah. about this. I think with Berg, actually, I think. But it, it could be this. The one last so, thing before we get into the game. <laughs> I, it's so it's, exciting. Yeah. That's the thing. We could just keep talking about it. Star Trek Bridge Commander. I don't know if you've heard of this game yet, but I have. Wow. Okay. It's. I mean, I've only been watching the demos of it and stuff, but the idea that you and your buddies each... So someone's a helmsman, Operate. someone's the weapons guy, someone's the captain, and each position has exclusive information that the other positions can't get. So the only way to successfully operate a mission is to, you gotta, so like, if you see that your shields are weak, 
as the because the captain is the only one who sees what power or the science officer whatever it is only sees what power level the shields are at you got to tell the engineering guy like i need more power to the shields because we're fucked right whereas the captain will see the other ship's shields are down he's like okay no we need to divert full power to the weapons because they have no shields right now we can fuck them up so wicked it's funny that you star trek because like here's the other thing i was going to go to is like or move on to next is the idea of like multiplayer gaming and this like the possibilities in this with this level of immersion because like we're just watching a movie with your buddies dude, in a theater that's what i was gonna say because the theater's so empty right but imagine and i was like when you were like setting it up i was kind of looking around i'm like imagine if like it would just be like boop oh hey check it out daryl's here like i just like look over and he's just like sitting there he's got like an avatar and he's like looking at me yeah which is obviously gonna come so quickly that's gonna be that's gonna like happen yeah but yeah. star trek like the idea of like a hollow deck or whatever is that yeah, what it's yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. Like, or fucking Danger Room and X-Men. I mean, maybe not with objects that can actually hurt you, but... Yeah, we're there. Like, kind of. That, well, that was the, that's what I mean. There. But, like, we, it's headsets, right? And I think that that's, like, the lat... Like, that's what the aspect of this that feels like Pong. Right. To me, just, like, saying, like, right now, you put on a headset, and it kind of disconnects you from the space that you're in. Projection mapping is incredible already. The shit that you can see that marketers do at, like, you know, conventions. Right. And things that you see in, like... Uh, on state stage shows and stuff like they can such map incredibly specific things so as technology becomes more affordable and more people experiment with it it is not at all even remotely far-fetched to think that you know i don't i don't I don't know, so I'm not going to put a t- time on it, but like, right. you know, five, 10 years whatever that like there is your living room or your entertainment space like a shared space instead of having a wall painted white for a projector or having like a TV, it's literally just like this technology taken to like several generations removed. Right. You know, instead of buying like a, there'd still be sensors, but there would also be like a projector that would like map, like okay. fucking let calibrate me, that shit. Like, bah! let me take it another direction. And then we actually will talk about the climb. I think rather than it, it being a room that creates a space for you to interact in, easy uh almost more feasible uh and affordable would be the ability for you to put something on your on your brain on your head and it like fucking shoots waves in your brain saying like this is what you are seeing this is what you are that's scary smelling this is what you are whatever right like that seems uh you know and then you're just kind of in a chair with a fucking headset like a thing on your head and you you know in a different world or whatever kind of like uh I don't know, Ready Player One or uh, um, Sword Art Online or some shit. Anyway. Fucking, this shit's crazy. So, so the game, The Climb. Yes. Uh, as I have a wet dog. Oh, God, no. As you might guess, is about uh, a person trying to climb. And uh, I, as I do, I had Andrew start with the tutorial level, which is cool enough on its own. It's kind of, it's almost like a hollow deck where they start like, um, putting Training these like you. weird, yeah, like protrusions out of this, yeah, like holds fake rock wall. Like it looks like you're in like an indoor climbing gym, but yeah. like in virtual reality, right? And you know, you're kind of climbing, and you're like, oh, this is cool, right? Yeah, it was sweet. But and all the different moves you have to like chalk up and stuff, it's great. Yeah, and there's 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 jumping. You kind of stretch. There's even points where you have to physically tilt your head as if you were looking around a corner because you in virtually reality are looking around a corner so that you can see the hold around the corner and grab it right like yeah it's crazy 
But yeah. what gets what gets exceptionally more crazy, and this is why uh, I think it's a perfect hidden gem, is when you actually start playing the game in the levels outside of training, you are on a mountain climbing said mountain, and it's pretty intuitive like where the holds are. Uh, the hand tracking, because we don't have hand controllers, we're using the the Xbox One controller, it's more based on what you're looking at as opposed to where your hands actually are. But as soon as I get those hand controllers, it's going to be a different game altogether. But you still kind of get the sense that you're, you're climbing a mountain. It's pretty incredible. There are definitely moments on the platforms, especially between when you take climbing breaks. There'd be like little platforms or areas where you can rest where I felt standing up, I felt like a bit dizzy, mm-hmm. which hasn't, you know, like I would, uh, that sense of vertigo, like when you stand close to an object, you know, you're on a roof of a building and you look over the edge. Like it actually like felt like that convincingly, even though again, like it's amazing how our minds can be not, yeah, pretty, so easily tricked, like by just sound and visuals, you know, like right. because you know, you it look it, the graphics are gorgeous, but it's clearly still video game graphics. But right. like, you still feel like your body's like, oh, don't fall! Like, I feel like I'm gonna fall over. Right. I mean, there's videos of people playing this game falling over. falling on their face. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's. Uh, I can definitely say is. Uh, obviously, I've never climbed anything even remotely close to the type of shit that you can climb in this game. But you can tell that they either consulted with or the people that developed this game were avid climbers like they're into it because it's like not just like you know some games it's like oh it'd be cool to make a skateboarding game and like we'll get you know I, that's maybe a bad example because most of those i feel like are they they pay pretty close attention to what's happening in the scene but you know what i mean just like uh, there it's not authentic somebody just wants to cash in on something that's like extreme you right, know right right and you're like oh okay like cool this is all right this is fun but like this felt like even the design, the design elements of it, it felt very like uh, if you were at the climbing gym or you're at like a mech. Uh, if for, I mean, if you've never been to a mech, it's I'm sure there's tons of other stores like that. It's like a mount equipment co-op. Right. It's like a you know camping and outdoor outdoorsy type supply store, but uh, just the design of stuff, tags, logos, you know, like it had like everything about it had this sort of like authenticity. And then the climbing itself is cool. Like there are, there's a lot of like sweet attention to detail, like the, uh, the chalk. Well, when you're climbing outdoors, the chalk marks from people's hands on the holds in the shape of the holds. Right. And what blew my mind is there are certain holds. And I don't know if you got to this point because maybe there wasn't any in this level, but like, um, there are points where the hold, rather than being something that you would hang your fingers off of is a, uh, vertical, like slit in the okay, in the yeah. rock and he like sticks his hand in yeah and like kind of holds it there while he's grabbing an or she is yeah. grabbing another hold and the way the hands kind of interact with the holds to me i, I mean obviously i've never climbed a day in my life but it it, it felt authentic because it was definitely like, it's not just you know well, hand 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 this is and as an extension of that that's what I, that was my next point was going to be that the whole climbing thing was it wasn't just like uh I guess a comparison would be almost like a Wii type, you know, like Wii Sports or like a, you know, like those games where there's lots of fun mini games, but they don't, it's like, oh, this is ping pong. You just hit it back and forth, but they don't like, just a fun game. They don't pay attention to like how that environment, right. this. They, they kind of, it's one aspect of the sport that they right. focus on as opposed to the sport in general. This like, 
uh, this is a minor detail is something that you may or may not notice depending on if you've climbed or not, but like the actual holds, depending on the size and the way that you hit it, mm-hmm. there's like different crimps, which is like different types of like sometimes, you know, if you hit it and it's really far away and it's like small, you'll see that he's doing like a, there's like, you know, a bunch of different types of ways that you, it's basically how bent your knuckles are, how much of your hand is on the hold. Right. Um, and that was something I thought was really cool. Like it was like very, subtle but like it's not just like every hold that isn't one of the ones you're talking about it's not like you just grabbing them all the same way like it's just like a guy climb like you can see he like bend you know like yeah or she again like there's your hands in the game yeah it's just hand it's just it's so sweet but uh now you didn't i didn't really take you to the next levels of this game yeah but there's there's like further iterations of this so there are holds that he can only like hold on to for so long because they're right. not like like you, slopers you or something yeah, like that. Like, you yeah. just can't grip them. Cool. There are other holds that kind of crumble because it's just you know like a not it, like a loose rock or something. Yeah. There are certain holds where um, you have to like dust it off because there's like there's shit in the holds. You kind of have to like oh, so fucking dust cool, it man. off before you grab it. And then lastly, there are holds that have like growths like uh plant growths or whatever that kind of like fuck with you because you know you kind of you can get like your hand sort of like tangled in it or whatever so like so crazy man that's only level, really cool that's only level two i've only gone to level two so who knows what comes up as you get also more the, into the, game, the dinoing is pretty cool too because it's not just like easy so i died ex- the most times. explain that to people who don't know what that is uh it's just like a di- uh, dynamic move jumping basically yeah uh which in the game they just call jumping, jumping. Yeah. But it's basically like if you if you are on if you are like holding onto the wall at a certain point and there's no holds near you and you're like looking around, you know, and you, with your VR, just like oh, where the fuck's the next hold? And it's like far, like it's right. either on an opposing wall or like a facing wall or uh, slightly around the corner. Or it's like you know, just out of reach. You couldn't just like stretch up to it. Yeah, you have to time. You have to press the jump button, release what you're holding on to, and then you have to time it so that both hands individually, like independently, you have to grab either the single hold or two different... You just have to grab back onto the wall at the right point. Right. Again, it's like a really simple mechanic. You know, this game kind of reminds me also of like Skate, the Skate series of games. Yeah, yeah. Where it kind of revolutionized it. Instead of it all just being button presses, again, because I know you can have the hand controllers, but it's like a a bunch of very simple mechanics that makes for... I know, just captures, you know, like right. you, you skate had the two joystick thing where like you to Ollie, you pull back and, you know, press forward and slightly more immersive. Yeah. But like, it just was, it's just so cool. And so, and I don't know, again, like you were saying, I don't know how many levels there are. I don't know how long I would play this game in terms of replayability, but like, well, is incredible. What's interesting is it's not linear in that um, you do need to make your way up the mountain, mm-hmm. but it, there's not just one path. Right. There's multiple paths. And as far as replayability is concerned, uh, there's a point system where you can unlock the new levels slash the difficulties. So being a completionist, like I know you are, you sometimes, part of the game is, uh, well, you get a huge bonus if you never fall mm-hmm. all the way up. And uh, another huge bonus is getting up there fast. Right. So being able to kind of like find the the quickest path up the mountain 
is a challenge. You know, I mean, getting up is a challenge to begin with because you just started playing. But one thing, another thing that I find interesting about this game and probably other VR games in general is sometimes to, to reach holds, you physically have to stretch. There, like there are times when I have yeah. to stand on the tips of my toes yeah. in order to get a hold. And it's another thing that they've been talking about with VR tech. As they get better and better at um, tracking body movements, mm-hmm. one of the problems that they are facing is fatigue. Because like, you don't want a game where people get t- too tired five or ten minutes into the game and they don't want to play anymore. Right. I mean, maybe you do. You but, want that you, you know, want that crack. You want that World of Warcraft formula. You kind of have to figure it out. Because like, I, I don't know if you remember in the arcades, uh, they eventually got this game where it was like a, like a Lethal Enforcers type game. But you would stand under some sensors and you'd actually have to physically dodge the bullets. And it was great for arcade because arcade games only last five or ten minutes. But if you tried to play that game through, you'd probably be fucking exhausted by the end of it. And I think that's kind of one of the problems that this genre might face. Um, but I, I kind of embrace it. Like I yeah, say, cool. I <laughs> the dog is going nuts There's right some now. Crazy shit. The non the, the non VR dog is is it fucking, is a real dog. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy to think about the possibilities. It is definitely a very exciting time if you're interested in uh, the future of. I guess not just video gaming, but just like meet how we, how we uh, interact with this podcast. Even. even watching stuff, maybe the you gotta love it's are going to be fully immersive well, steamers. You know, one of the thi- one of the things really that I didn't show you phrase is uh, the actual virtual desktop. Mm. So you can have desktops around you, like multiple virtual Fucking screens, like Iron Man style. Yeah, or like. Ooh. And then with the hand controllers, I assume you probably could get into some real minority report type shit, you know, where you're like, ah, nah, <laughs> da, da. Uh, For the listener, I am swinging my hands around as if interacting with files on the computer. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Well, it's so pretty... what's your overall impression of the game before we, because we, we keep delving into VR in general, great. but yeah. I, like, I enjoyed it. What I was going to say about the game, one thing that I think would be cool that would add uh, sort of a level of an additional level of replayability. So many things allow you to build your own courses. If there was like a, uh, I don't know how you do it in the game. I'm sure they could figure it away. But if you could like, like the training level, how it felt like an indoor gym, if you could set your own routes and then you could share them online with your friends and be like, yo, because even though it's not, obviously it's not as physically demanding as actually climbing. So like if somebody's like, yo, try to like send this move or try to do a certain type of problem, like you will physically, you have to like spend weeks, you know what I mean? But like, it's not quite like that, but it'd still be fun to see. It's interesting that you say that. It'd be like making your own skate park and like a skate game, you know, it's like that, like that'd be wicked. What I wanted to see in this game and maybe it's coming or it'll be there or whatever is a, so in that virtual space, they have an endless wall. In the virtual space that you can oh, cool. you can see how far you can get in the endless wall which i thought was pretty interesting but another thing that i want to see um and i guess this is more akin to the problems is uh a sort of uh, puzzle course where it's like okay you know if you can beat this wall in 10 holds you get like oh copper yeah that'd be wicked or bronze yeah. you know six if holds you, you yeah, get, so, yeah silver and then like if you can figure out how to do this in like five holds <coughs> you get gold and it's just like, 
you know, there's one way to get the gold, a few ways to get the silver, and a lot of ways to get the bronze or whatever. But it's just like yeah, trying to figure that out. I think that'd it's be like, amazing. Like Mirror's Edge, which a Mirror's Edge VR also would be amazing. Like Mirror's Edge, oh. I've been trying to as that, a completionist. It probably like again, that's probably one of those games that could potentially make you sick because Dude. that is actually running and jumping and all Yo, this crazy shit. I am trying to, uh, as with most video games, if you want to master it. Most games nowadays, you really have to like put in some time. And I've recently just been trying to like finish Mirror's Edge Catalyst, like 100% completion. Right. And the runner courses, mm-hmm. like races through the city. I don't think I've ever, I mean, maybe I'm just not good at the game, but I feel like uh, when I look at my ratings, because it will show your ranking worldwide. Yeah. Pretty like high percentile. Like I'm pretty like. I'm in like pretty in that like top top tier, which you would never see in like a Call of Duty or first person shooter, right? Right. But like the climb has that as well, by the way. Yeah, that's see, that's sick. I I don't think I've ever finished a race. Yeah. That I like that I'm trying to get three stars on all of them, which is the max, mm-hmm. with like more than literally a fraction of a second. Always under a, like I'm never like oh I have two seconds to spare. It's all these the people that develop this game fine-tune these courses to within like you have to do it perfectly right and it takes so long i literally will spend like 40 minutes just doing the same run over and over again trying to shave milliseconds off my time well once you're done this i'll lend you bloodborne and then you can tell me all about don't lend me that grinding it out do it uh okay I think now is a perfect time. Uh, we were talking about the climb and climbing to talk about Vertical Limit, a movie about climbing a mountain. Uh, K2, to be specific, which is a mountain uh, kind of bordering China, Pakistan, and India, uh, if that makes sense. It's the, the world's second tallest... This is, this is real, obviously. <laughs> the world's second tallest mountain... Uh, beside Everest, and I, I believe it's the world's deadliest mountain in that the ratio of people who have died on the mountain versus who have made it to the summit is very close. Yeah. Um, That's this some next level climbing shit right there. That's not like, I'm not in, into that. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that I thought about while watching this movie. Like, why the fuck would anyone opt to do this it's so crazy like i mean i understand uh skydiving and bungee jumping but there's a level of security there where it's not a hundred percent but you know like you know majority of the time people come out okay also they're both quick things this is like you have to fucking you have to have your well, gear there's okay. like base camps so, you have to like it's not like you I can mean, just like jump out of a plane or jump off a bridge even with even, like a bungee cord like this is like a you'd have to spend years of your life preparing to do this but even like roughing it and living off the land like going to algonquin yeah. which is a national park for anyone who's not from this area like a very large one with very little supplies and saying hey you know what i'm gonna try and catch and hunt my food like i even get that but even that isn't the same level of danger and life-threatening there's oxygen you can't you won't just I mean, you could die of exposure, I guess, but like you could, this is like a constant threat. It, you might as well be on another planet. Well, yeah. You- I mean, we're talking about lack of oxygen, freezing, 
lack of food. Because like there's nothing to get, like you can't survive. Avalanches, storms, and then again, if there's a storm, you're basically fucked. This one is the most deadly mountain in the world, and the movie is kind of centered around this. Now, I kind of debated because there are a few climbing movies that are really horrible. Cliffhanger. I think I would have loved that one more. To be honest with you, I fucking love Cliffhanger. Okay, just put. I was just putting out that that was the the first one came to mind. The dad from Third Rock from the Sun. And John uh, Lithgow, yeah, John Lithgow, and but what, uh, anyway, we're getting what, that's a different movie, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do cast rundown Chris O'Donnell. Uh, you got um, the girl from the craft slash uh, Empire Records. Oh, yeah, she was Deborah Empire Deborah? Records and Deb? The Mentalist. She's she's yeah, I didn't watch the second lead on The Mentalist, yeah. Shaved her, I just remember shaving her head for the craft, kind of like no, in uh, oh, Empire in, Records, uh, Empire Records, yeah, or like Sinead O'Connor fucking warren uh also um oh man i am just brain farting like oh, crazy the dude from bloodline i don't know if yeah you've that's seen who i was trying to oh he's in so many things but killing him softly he, he was in he the dark knight the, uh, rises one of the australian brothers in this he's movie. just Austra- he's a, just an australian dude he always plays australian well not in bloodline he's in place beyond the pines wait was he yeah, he's like, a, have you seen that movie? Yeah, I love that movie. That's what? one of my he's favorite like the main, movies. He's the guy that like Ryan Gosling like hooks up with to do the robberies, remember? And he just always looks like he's just fucking well, I didn't know cracked who, out of his gourd. I didn't know who he was at that point. Like when I watched that ben movie. Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. I feel like that was one of my first introductions. He's so good. He's great. He's, yeah, he's fantastic. Anyone who doesn't know who this guy is, immediately <laughs> pause this show, go to Netflix and watch Bloodline because... I mean, he's good in a lot of things, but in that in that series, he is next level, next level like scumbag brother. It's ha, so good. Have you also uh, the guy that played the prince in Syriana was in this movie? I cannot remember his name. He's in lots of stuff as well. Who's that? The the guy who's like his brother, his, his cousin, br- his cousin. Yeah, his cousin dies oh, on the mountain. Doctor Bashir from Deep Space Nine. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Star- <laughs> Deep Space Nine is a is is Star Trek for anyone who's uh, not familiar. With there's that. a lot of like people just popping up in this movie, and I was like, oh, Bill Paxton, of course. How yeah, can we yeah. forget Bill Paxton? The okay, so oh fuck, Scott Glenn, the guy, yeah, that's yeah, the guy who Stick, plays uh, Daredevil, Stick, yeah, and he was also in Sucker Punch as the he's like he's like the most fit, oldest ass dude. He's just crazy, crazy fit. Does like all this crazy martial arts, and he's like, he's like crazy old. Anyway, uh, well, so that we've established the cast. I think we yeah. don't need to really. There's probably other little, you know, cameos or people that you might recognize, minor roles. But, uh, yeah, man. So, okay, before we talk about the things that we like. Okay, re- really quickly, I'll just give a quick rundown of the movie if you haven't seen it. It is about a brother and sister who um, have a climbing accident in the beginning of the movie. The father dies. The sister blames the brother. They're kind of estranged. Now, years later, the sister is taking up a millionaire up the mountain or billionaire, I don't know, Bill, played by Bill Paxton, who is trying to do a sort of... Um, PR stunt for his latest uh, airline venture and so he needs to get up by a certain time and uh, anyone who knows about climbing mountains according to this movie knows that you have to let the weather 
guide you as opposed to saying, I need to be up there at a certain time. And obviously disaster ensues. And that's basically the movie. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's some subtleties there as well. But. So, and there's a movie that just came out that seems very similar to this just this year in theaters. Was it just called Everest? Was oh, like yeah, a yeah, big yeah. budget, like Everest, all yeah. those people were in it. So my thing with these movies, I'm sure there's like a certain crowd, but like it, they almost always strike me as one scene in another movie should be what this whole movie is, you know, like this movie is like two hours long, you know? Oh, it is. It, it is two hours long. It does. Like, so it, it's just one of those situations where maybe they don't really even the point where they're in the cave and they're their uh pulmonary edema or whatever is setting in like then you're like oh that's one of the threats it's like you're climbing a mountain you can fall you know right like, you, like it just it just doesn't seem like there's like an people keep trying to make movies out of it and it's like why what are you doing okay like, the reason why i like this movie okay the, I mean, I shouldn't say the reason why I like this movie. The things that I loved about this movie were, yeah, so a lot of movies fall into that trap that you're talking about. Like, I'm sure, I, I haven't seen Everest, but I'm sure it was that sort of thing. Uh, there was a movie a long time ago about a plane that crashed in the mountains and then people had to eat each other. It was the first movie, I think, that like really showed realistic cannibalism. I don't remember what it was called. But anyways, there's all these movies where people are trying to survive this disaster. What I loved about this movie, which is also why it is so bad, is that they just kept trying to one-up themselves with the, like, disaster. It wasn't just like, oh... Yeah. Oh, they had explosives strapped to their back that for some reason well, okay. in the sun yeah, yeah, yeah. Would Hold on, hold on. So let's... let's before we even get there, <coughs> first of all, no one is fucking good at their job in this movie at all. Everyone's just, just terrible. <laughs> Negligent. Yeah, and just like... <laughs> Like not belaying themselves property immediately. The beginning of the movie, people uh, during that disaster with the father, people are falling off the mountain, <laughs> and then as soon as like they get caught, it's like they're like stop moving, and the two kids immediately stop moving. And the other guys are just like whoa, whoa, <laughs> like swinging their arms and legs around. Okay, you know what? Like I understand that's the opening of the movie. Fine. Then the millionaire goes up the mountain, and the guy's like, oh, we should turn back, like or we'll die. And he's like, no, keep going. And they're like, okay, I guess we'll keep going. But like, <laughs> literally, if the expert the is like, the thing of what you should do, we're going to die. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Yeah, if you climb this mountain before, you would know, like, oh, I'm not going to be around to spend this fucking money. So let's just turn around. Yeah, you know. And then it goes on and on. The the soldiers who who give the so during the rescue attempt, they have to get an explosive to blow them out because. They've been buried alive in this mountain, and the only way to get them, obviously, is to dig them out, but they can't get the tools up the mountain to dig, so they get explosives. Nitroglycerin that is in containers. And okay, I, I can I can buy that, that like that was some space sci-fi looking shit too. Yeah. I can buy that it if it falls or gets shaken around a lot, it will blow up. I mean I find that even hard to believe with... with and it just is leaking. Today's packaging, <laughs> It's yeah. leaking out on the guy's boot. I thought it was acid. I was like, what the fuck is in these... What's going on here? But then they seemingly don't clean it up afterwards. It's yeah. still just leaking. And they leave he the... He throws the boot and just throwing the... The act of throwing the boot makes it explode. Fine. Even that I'll buy. But the container that they pull the nitroglycerin out of, 
the soldiers just leave open? <laughs> yeah, that scene later when the guy's having a coffee. <laughs> With, fucking... Without putting it away? And for uh, no ex- explicable reason, or I should say for inexplicable reasons, the containers are just like so flimsy that it just leaks out at a moment's <laughs> notice. Yeah, no. So like, also, the containers are sensitive to the sun. Yeah. Guys who are bad at their jobs, the fucking mountain climbers, the, the trip leaders, the engineers who fucking designed the cases for the nitroglycerin, the soldiers who are supposed to keep the nitroglycerin, fucking everyone is bad at their jobs. So, and that's why I loved it because each th- it just kept escalating. It's like, oh, they're trapped. Okay, well, we'll get some explosives. Oh, the explosives fuck people up. Okay, well, we'll just take like extra care. Oh, no, no. The sun also makes them explode. Okay, so we'll just like bury them or whatever. Oh, but but now people are dying. And <laughs> So, okay, I think maybe the length of this movie mixed with my exhaustion. I had mentioned to you earlier, there's like, I think at least two or three points where I just checked out because towards the end of the movie, I was like, wait, when did this happen? So you're going to have to fill me in right now real quick. So first of all, when... I, I thought that when they find out that the explosives are set off by the sun, that he successfully radioed across the gap to Ben Mendelsohn. He did. And, it, and they like got it in the shade. Yes. So at what point did those guys, did it blow up anyway? Yes. And here's why. And this is what I was saying. The engineers are shit. Because it leaked? It leaked out of the pack. Into and, the sun. And dripped down the mountain into the sun. And that ignited it somehow. Yeah. I see. I must have. I don't know if I can nod it off or what the hell happened, but like, I didn't see that happen at all. As soon as I buried it, they were like, took a sip of water and started like and relaxing. Drop the canister, uh, the water canister, and, and like laugh. They're like, ah, like you know, we just kind of survived this thing, and now we drop the water. Like it's yeah. funny. The same way that it ha- everybody died in this movie, yeah. like when the guy's brother was like, oh, nag, 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 and then there's a fucking avalanche that just. T- or before yeah. before that, when he puts his pack down to drink some water the pack falls over and then he has to chase it down the mountain because there's nitroglycerin in it like literally everyone is bad at their job okay so then this so that explains that this one i'm more embarrassed about because it would have been literally minutes before so uh what's the guy who played stick again what's his name oh i just had it on tip my tongue anyway yeah how did that guy die okay so at the very end yes yeah, well, but like what? once they rescue the sister, mm-hmm. and so it's Chris O'Donnell is uh, holding the rope up at the top of the opening that they create by exploding the mountain, mm-hmm. um, and Stick goes and climbs. <laughs> For down. our listeners, uh, we're just like basically just exp- not even really. Dis- yeah, sorry, yeah, go on. Fine. This is just funny. Stick goes and climbs down. And like he has beef with the millionaire for yeah. With what the fuck? That was my third and final. What guy tries to kill him with the pickaxe? What part of the movie did I miss where they had beef that the guy was well, just okay. crazy enough? Did you see where he, where they uncovered his? So the reason why Stick is on the mountain, he plays like an old wise man. The reason yeah, why he's on the mountain no is because his wife died, mm. leading. This millionaire's first expedition. Gotcha. Right. And did you see I, the part? See, I missed that. Did you see the part where they found her body? No, what the fuck? So they find her body um, and he goes to look for the needles that have like the anti-hypothermia right, drugs. Right, 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 right. Um, and there's actually a case with her. Uh, but the millionaire had said previously in an interview, and they don't actually show the interview, but he explains this, that she died because they didn't have any hypothermia drugs. They had disappeared. But they but did. they didn't. He killed her 
and took all the drugs for himself. And that's why he survived initially. And so that's why he's up there and has beef with the guy. Anyway, let's rewind. So wow. He climbs into the hole. I didn't do a very good job watching this To movie. get the girl and, and the millionaire out of the hole. And they slip. Something happens. Chris O'Donnell kind of is holding on, fall, falls somewhat into the hole. And so it's a line of people on the rope. It's, it's him. Same situation as the opening. His sister. Yeah. The... Uh, stick and then the millionaire at the bottom of the rope and yeah, very much the same situation that happens with the father except stick actually grabs the rope and cuts it and they him and the millionaire both die okay thank you for that because i was a little bit confused i was like what the fuck so here's what, so yeah that and so missing the part about the body and yeah. that bit of backstory however quick however quick it must have been yeah uh at the end, I was like, wow, it's weird. Bill Paxton's doing some like ravenous shit here. Like he's getting all like crazy eyes and like he kills the one guy and I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? So so anyway, that was, we can talk about stuff that we liked. He, he, I mean, you already did a bit, but. Here's also what I liked about this movie and you're going to be upset about this. Mm-hmm. This movie does everything right that I felt that Jurassic World did wrong. <laughs> okay. And here's what it is, okay? Yeah. I mean, the movie itself, not that great, but everything they introduce in the film loops back around later on. So it's not as if they introduce character development, like, for example, and I keep going back to this, and I know that you hate it, but in in Jurassic World, they talk about the divorce, the d- divorcing parents. Mm-hmm. Not, ex- not necessary for the story. Mm-hmm. In this film, even the the bit where they're like singing to each other in the beginning, you know, the brother and sister, and they're like, oh, guess the song mm-hmm. comes back around at the end of the movie, right? Like everything that happens, every every like little character something they introduce plays a part later in the story. And I love that because it's like nothing is wasted. I mean, the script isn't script, the film itself, whatever, again, not that great, but everything, they, it's not just there to be there. Every little sort of character trait or little you know nuance they introduce comes back later on. The only thing that I, was a little weird and confusing to me, as I know otherwise people would do it all the time, what, again, maybe I missed this part, but there's like a helicopter full of dudes, right? There's like that one Australian guy, the uh, Pakistani pilot, there's like, and the guy with the irritable bowel like there's just like a group of like four people or whatever and they just like are in a helicopter take them up i guess to the starting point for their climb and then periodically i guess they were the ones that relayed the message about the sun blowing the shit up but how did they did they show them come back down from the mountain not the helicopter people like the main people who like chris o'donnell yeah or was it just like hey we found you and you were like in critical condition and then we just made it back down yeah they didn't I, they didn't show that i don't think i think they they got them out of the mountain and then the next it well so here's another interesting thing and it's kind of like uh black hawk down-esque except mm-hmm. obviously much worse so many people die in this film to try and save mm-hmm. the people that are up there mm-hmm. but like literally the only people that make it out alive spoiler alert are chris o'donnell and his sister Everyone else dies. Everyone else. What doesn't the French Canadian chick live? Oh, true. 
Yeah, you're right. So those three. <laughs> but it's just like so crazy intense. I mean, I guess the motivation that they use is money, but like it's so senseless. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's a lot of pretty cool... This is like a... I'm not going to spend any time on this, but there is a lot of cool shots for obvious, you know, it's like a climbing movie. Uh, and then there was some like, there's parts that were just like weird, kind of like almost quirky things that I was kind of like, oh, that is like, I would have liked to sit in on that story session because that I would not have, it just kind of was a surprise, you know? One of those pirates was the... After Bill Paxson's killed the guy, and she's like, "You bastard!" But we're like, "Okay, we need to survive." So like, let's get along. Yeah. They drain that guy's blood and put it in that bag with the fucking flit, like the explosive in it, yeah. and they want to like push it through the crack of light and explode it to like use blood to mark where they are on the mountain. Right. I was just like, "What?" <laughs> That's crazy. Well, they also used his body to defrost the, yeah. um, <clears throat> like they they used his insides. They cut yeah. him open to defrost the thing to begin with, which I thought it, was pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, but cool. Like, yeah, that, well, like, that's what I mean. It's, it's like gross. Luke, it's, Luke sleeping in a tauntaun or whatever. Yeah, but it was just like the I was like, what are they doing with this guy's blood? And I just couldn't figure it out. Again, maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention to the movie. But well, I, was like, I, what I didn't the, know when they were doing it either. It's like, what the fuck is happening? And I thought there was going to be like a real like, you know, thriller type moment where like the thing cuts open and like there's like all because like there's a couple drips and she's yeah. like, no, it's like got a hole in it. And he's like, just fucking push it through. And I'm just like, what is happening? This is crazy. Um, I loved the scene with the two Australian guys where they're talking about rescuing oh. um, the, the the party that's stuck up at the top of the mountain, not top, but like... Oh, where they're deciding that they're going to go? Yeah, and he's just like... And like... That's <laughs> being what, so sarcastic and the guy starts yelling at everybody. Yeah, he's just like, well, like, I know that we're all busy uh working on our memoirs and yeah. like guiding rich people up the mountain like all the shit there's like beautiful conditions that we have here yeah. you know like plentiful like uh, you know everything's great like why why bother actually climbing yeah you know? yeah and he like basically calls out all the posers or whatever and i thought yeah. that was that was pretty funny yeah uh and then well, ben mendelson was just just generally good he was just good didn't he want just, them to die yeah but you kind of i feel like you kind of knew that when one brother went, they were like, oh, fucking, this guy's on like a war path now. It's like in any sort of like alien movie when there's two people that are like inextricably mm-hmm. linked, you know, they like establish their close bond and then one of them, and they're not central to the plot. One right. of them dies, you're like, oh, well, now the other one's going to go out in a blaze of gunfire or something or well, hold the detonator while everybody else escapes. One thing that didn't loop back <clears throat> around as far as like introducing character things is after Ben Mendelsohn's brother dies, he has like a breakdown in the mountain with the, um, I don't know, Sherpa's cousin, or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he kind of consoles him and he's like, you should probably just go back down the mountain. And they continue. I was like, oh, I thought there was either going to be a friendship forming there or, you know, he was going to lose um, focus because of his dead brother or whatever and fuck them. But, no, it was just an emotional scene, and that was it. But anyway, uh, yeah. What was your overall impression of this movie? Did you like it? Hate it? Didn't hate it. I don't know. It honestly, like, I think 
Would you would you suggest uh, this is a new thing that I think we should start doing? Would you suggest other people see it? I mean, obviously the hidden gems we can talk about whether or not someone should see it, but the you got I, I would say it. no because well, okay, here's the thing. Uh, obviously, I'm in no condition to be watching movies, but even that aside, this movie did not hold my attention because usually I I can't like multitask really and like do you know like I need to if I start something I'll finish it, especially with like movies. Mm-hmm. Um. I just kind of like, I don't know. It, it's the whole point of this movie is supposed to be thrilling and exciting. It came out in 2000. So it's not like it's like some super old, like ghetto, you know, there seemed to be a fair amount of money put into it. The cast is pretty crazy. And then I, I don't know. It's just kind of like bored, I think for most of it, but it's the cast thing. I, I feel like there is almost enough funny, like if somebody was like, Hey, here's a movie about people climbing a mountain starring Bill Paxton, and Ben Mendelsohn today i would be like oh yeah fucking sweet i'll totally watch that movie yeah you know I, but like i don't know if that's enough so i mean i don't know i i guess not i probably would i would just say watch a better bill paxton or ben Mendelssohn movie just watch like commando you know what really killed it for me well i mean there's a lot of things that killed it for me but what really makes me think like oh no i i get caught up on little things mm-hmm. the fact that uh the french canadian girl and Chris O'Donnell, like, they're not love interests in the film, but at the end of the movie, it's just like, oh, you guys are love interests now. I was like, fuck you. They, the only time they introduced chemistry is when he stumbled into her tent, not knowing she was going to be there. Like, she was, like, helping that, right. you know? So they kind of And they just, like, stare at each other awkwardly for, yeah. like, five minutes, and then he's but just she, like, all right, well, I guess I'll see you later. They even like, talk what? about how she's having sex with her boss. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway... Anywho, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that I would suggest people see this film. I think there are better, uh, I, like I said, I think I'd rather, mind you, I haven't seen it in a while, but I think I'd rather watch Cliffhanger again. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Oh. I don't really, yeah, I don't know. They both seemingly start the same way, Cliffhanger in this film. That was the other shot that was crazy, because this movie wasn't really graphic. The... I thought I was being set up for like effects aside from them on the side of the mountain. I thought it was being set up for something that was going to be a little bit more grounded and serious when there's just that shot of the father like hitting the ground, like right in the foreground. I was like, oh, fuck, like this is going to be this is going to be like some dark shit. Like these people are going to be fucked up by this. But it was just kind of like big budget work, you know, like. Yeah, the, yeah, you know the villain. It wasn't just about a group of people that had a logical reason that were all good climbers, but circumstances. You know, something went wrong. They got they were misinformed. There was bad weather, and then they're just trying to survive. You know, it was like plots. <laughs> like right. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Recommendations. Yeah, let's talk about some recommendations. Um, Ooh, you can go first. Oh, the movie I was trying to think of before, by the way, where I was talking about people crashing a mountain and they eat each other alive. Yeah. I don't know if you recall this. But b- isn't that based on a true story? Yeah. yeah. Uh, with Ethan Hawke. Anyway, uh, recommendations for the week. Unofficial recommendation is check out VR Tech, guys. Like, just experience it. I wouldn't... I invested a lot of money in the technology and I don't know if that's necessarily 
uh, something everyone should do because that it's it's cool, but it, that's all it is right now is cool. So like, just just try it, you know. Maybe in one or two iterations from now, when it's slightly more accessible and there's more you can do, check it out. Uh, get one for yourself, or or maybe just fuck with uh, the uh, what's it called, the Oculus or gear, Samsung yeah. gear. Well, it's Oculus gear now or whatever. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Or uh, Google's coming out with their own daydream. Uh, it's called. You know, get one of those things and fuck around. Anyway, and the reason I say that is the more people who use VR, the more interesting content will come because people will think of things. And mm. uh, but recommendations for the week. What would you recommend? Well, I haven't really had time to do anything. I don't even know what albums came out on Friday because I was moving on Friday. Uh, mm. I'll recommend some music, I think. Maybe you can recommend something else. Oh, you know, we never talked about, by the way, um, the Mistborn series is uh, becoming a movie. I don't know what that is, I don't think. Oh, really? I think you've explained it to me, but I don't know that I remember it. I think I recommended it one week. It was actually a recommendation from our good friend Carson, who needs to be on the show, by the way. Yes, I do remember it. It's being made into a series of films. films. Yeah. That's cool. I hope they do a good job with it because the, the stories are amazing. But that's Shit, not rec- dude. That's not my recommendation. Uh, my recommendation for the week. I'm just. Uh, I got a book recommendation. I guess. Okay. I've been reading a book. Uh, it has nothing to do with anything we talked about in this episode, but I'm enjoying it quite a bit. It's called Tiger Man, uh, and it is essentially about set in present day. Um, it's about a sort of like a ex-military, well, not ex-military, like a still in the military, a sergeant uh, who's British and he's in like his 40s um, or something, something around that, that age, maybe late 30s on this like island. I actually don't know and haven't done the research. I don't know if it's a real island or if that part is fictional, but it's essentially in this kind of like no man's zone uh, above North Africa by the middle it's just kind of like nobody wants to touch it and what's happened is all of these people have been mining it for its resources uh and they hit something went wrong and now the island is basically like quarantined and kind of zoned for they're going to bomb the shit out of it because that's how they're going to solve this environmental problem they've caused but there is a city on the island and there's people that live there and it's kind of like a it has its own cult unique culture it's a mixture of like you know north african middle eastern french all of these different uh, sort of expats and people that have settled there. And anyway, um, it's just about this guy, his role there. He's just basically the last British soldier on this island as part of this community. And there's this like kid who he thinks is an orphan and he doesn't know how old he is. He's like 12 or 13. He's obsessed with comic books and he wants to adopt him. You discover throughout the course of the book, like he's taught, he's, he describes him as his best friend and you're kind of like trying to figure out what his relationship is, but it's, you realize he's trying to do that. And, um, so it's a really weird, I, I don't even, it's probably the, it just seemed kind of like a weird story. And I just was like, Oh, this, this sounds cool. The tiger, the reason it's called tiger man is because, um, since everybody knows the Island is doomed, stuff starts kind of going to shit very early on in the book. People are just like, fuck it. 
the island's get, you know, our home's going to be destroyed anyway. Right. So he takes on this sort of like vigilante role as this, as this crime fighter called Tiger Man at the behest of this kid. But like, it's not like a comic book. Like it's like a, it feels like almost like Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. Like any scene where he's actually like, quote unquote, air, I'm doing air quotes here, Tiger Man. It's not like he's swooping in and saving the day. You're like, fuck, like this guy's going to get himself killed. Like it's gritty. I don't know. It would make a good movie even. Like it feels like very like grounded. But I'm really thinking, enjoying I'm it. of like Kick-Ass or something. Yeah, it's kind of like Kick-Ass like where he is using his kind of military expertise a little bit, but like he's very aware of his own mortality. And he does the... I don't know. It's just like interesting. I think it's like it's I'm really enjoying the way it's written, the nice. way that things are described. It's pretty cool. So um, the book is Tiger Man and it's by uh, Nick Harkaway. Yeah. Came might, out in 2014. Might have to check that one out as soon as I'm done the Mistborn series. But that depends on whether or not the new Expanse book comes out in time. Mm. Anyway, my recommendation for the week is going to go way, way back. Well, maybe not that far back. Oh, cool cover for Tiger Man there. Yeah. But um, my recommendation is going to be a band by the name of the RX Bandits. Mm. Now, they started off as... Because I've been listening to them a lot lately, actually. Started off as a ska band and sort of morphed into this like weird <laughs> uh, math, rocky, somewhat... I mean, there's still horns in there, but like... Think of a more funky Sounds of Animals Fighting, if you know who that is. Yeah. Um, but Sounds of Animals Fighting has members of our expandits in it. Right. And that's why it kind of works. That is a real Tiger Man. Weird. Um, anyway, I'm going to put on one of the more funky out there songs. And if you guys like it, check it out. Next week, we are going to do the movie My Life as a Dog as the Hidden Gem. And the You Gotta Love It for the week is a movie called Underdog. Razi Gifford recommended My Life as a Dog before. Who recommended... Uh, sorry, my arm is being attacked right now. Uh, uh, Vertical Limit. Do we know? Can we uh, shout them out? I or don't know. All right, whatever. Sorry, thanks, though. If yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... The movies next week are going to be My Life as a Dog, which is a, another Criterion Collection film, and Underdog, which is a movie about a superhero dog voiced by Jason Lee. <laughs> That's... Yeah, I did not know that yet. That's uh, the first that I've heard of it. All right. Well, got I, something to look forward to. I think we got to keep doing some of these themed episodes. Like this one's all climbing. The other one's all... Oh, yeah. Dogs? Kind yeah. of. Well, one kind well, of? at least yeah, dog in the title. I don't know that anyway, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of sad Until we didn't do Oh, bonus recommendation because this is a our quote-unquote Halloween episode as Halloween is tomorrow. I'm going to recommend for all of those who haven't seen it, the movie Halloween 3: Season of the Witch. It is a part of the Halloween series, the Mike Myers Halloween series. However, Mike Myers appears in it only briefly for about 10 seconds in a commercial for the movie Halloween. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Check it out because it's fucking awesome. Cool. We might do a makeup Halloween episode if we can get yeah, some of our... Because so of my move, I wasn't there. able to reach out to some guests that we want to have on the show. There's two people in particular and I think 
I'm not even going to say their names because uh, I'm sure they're very busy and just, I don't want to make any promises that we can't follow through on. Let's, let's aim for end of November, early December. Cool. Look forward to that. Look forward to it. Pew, pew, pew. And Carson, if you're listening, come on the show. We should do a, a, a fucking episode, live Twitch stream episode with Carson and uh, what is their online name? Lady May, I think. Maybe. Yeah, Mia. What? I don't know. I don't I'm know just, how to. I that, in my head, I'm trying to think of how I pronounce it. I, yeah, mm. uh, Carson and his girlfriend. Anyway, yeah, sorry we fucked that up. Let's go Raptors. Woo! Go Leafs. Go. Hands, no way. Okay, now I'm losing it, and I can't keep up. Operate.